Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. And how are you doing today, Michael, as Hurricane, whatever the name of it is, has been bearing down on Jacksonville? Yeah, as, as we record this, we uh, survived the uh, the uh, cone that was going to come right over us, barreling down as a hurricane one two days ago, went north of us, didn't want any part of us. No problem. No problem. But, you know, we have a guest with us today. And alas, there was a hurricane out on the West Coast. Today we have with us Maddie Briggs, all the way from lovely Tucson, Arizona. How are you doing in your tropical heat wave of Tucson, Maddie? You know, I also survived a hurricane this past <laughs> week. So um still going through the heat wave. Not sure if I'm going to survive that, but I'm told that it's going to go down tomorrow. So fingers well, crossed I make it. Well, just just to warm Michael's heart, what is the temperature in Tucson? I think today we hit 106. Well, it's a dry you know, heat. You know, it is a, it is a dry heat, but it's been it's been kind of humid with all of the the monsoon. I think we got a late monsoon season this year, so we have the storms at night and then in the morning it's just humid and gross, but my definition of humid is probably not the same as your definition of humid. No. East, East Coast question. Yes. Could a hurricane really get through the desert? I mean, wouldn't you kill it like within a hundred yards? I mean, what would it really do? There's no moisture. No, there. It, you know, it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. When you're out there in monsoon season and the rains are coming down in the mountains, you know, this whole idea of the gully washer, you have these dry riverbeds. You have these really huge, fast-moving walls of brown water, sweeps cars away. Uh, they have stupid motorist laws out there, so if they have to come rescue you, you got to pay for it. Uh, it can be dangerous. It really can. And Tucson is far enough south and close enough to the Sea of Cortez. I, you get I that. Think, I think Florida needs the stupid motorist law, but not just for <laughs> storms. Oh, I would agree. I would agree. Now, now that I live up in the mountains with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, with the folks in Asheville, North Carolina, you know, Madeline, didn't you have a friend wonder if your parents were hippies because we were moving to Asheville? I did. Yeah. And I did have, I did have a young lady when she found that we had just moved to Asheville. She said to me, so when are you getting your tattoo or piercing? I mean, uh, I feel a little left out. I'm just saying. You haven't gotten one yet. No, not yet. Not yet. I'm not, I'm not truly a, a native. I'm not. No, I'm not. That that's for sure. Well, today we're gonna today we're gonna venture down a road with a movie that came out on October third of two thousand three. The name of the movie, The School of Rock. Now, The School of Rock was not an expensive movie to make. Uh by today's standards, even in two thousand three, it was a thirty-five million dollar production budget but at the box it was crazy i think it did incredibly well at the box office 131.1 million dollars that's not a bad return on a movie that really required minimal sets i mean you're talking about a movie that ultimately was filmed in a school 
for the most part. Um, and a movie that involved a lot of child actors that really didn't go on to do a lot in acting. Uh, a few of them did, but most did not. And even the big star in 2003 was really not that big of a star. So this is kind of an incredible little film. Now, the, the movie was directed by Richard Linklater, uh, and I only recognized two of the movies that he'd previously done. He had done Dazed and Confused, and the other one was Fast Food Nation. But he has one coming oh. up, Hitman. And you know who's in Hitman, who the star of Hitman is? I had to mention this, Glenn Powell. And we had the privilege of doing the preview of the big Glenn Powell movie back in uh, last November, Devotion. Uh, good actor. He also, by the way, appeared in Top Gun Maverick. So I, he's got I gotta somebody call you on out. the team. I got to call that? you out. All right, call How me out. How can you say you've never heard of Bad News Bears? I mean, granted, it was 2005. No, 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 no. That was the... Walter Matthau, but, but Bad News Bears, come on. No, that he was a it. terrible movie. I was trying to spare him. him. He wrote you. Certain uh, he wrote movies it. should not have been touched. Bad News Bears, the original with Walter Matthau and Chico's Bail Bonds, should have never been touched. <laughs> ever. Never, ever. Right? Name. Come on. When True. your Little League True. team is sponsored by Chico's Bail Bonds, and that was the in the original movie, and it warmed my heart because when I was in minor league baseball, my baseball team was sponsored by Ekman Funeral Home. I mean, come on. I mean, those were the good old days. You didn't have real names. You were sponsored by local businesses. So, but no, the, the remake was bad. So I don't even want to mention that. Uh, yeah. Let's go on. Let's just talk about the characters, actors, actresses, some of their works. Now, the main character is Dewey Finn, played by Jack Black. Now, Madeline, what's your favorite Jack Black movie? Do you have one? Ooh, that is a good question. It's a you know, ponder it question. It might be this very movie, actually. Ew. Okay, go oh, on this like way. A this no, if no, no. If asked my students right now, they would tell you it's the Mario movie. Oh, yes. The Mario Brothers, Brothers, for they sure. They love the Peaches song that his okay. character, Bowser, sings in the movie. And throughout the day, um, some of my kids will just start singing it. Um, the tables in my classroom are all divided by color. And mm -hmm. one of the tables is the peach table. So that is like their go-to go song to jam to. You know, I, I would have guessed, and I would have guessed wrong, that knowing where you teach, Madeline, you probably have a few Mexican students in your class. Is that not true? It is. Are you going to say that you thought Nacho Libre? Nacho Libre, because he is you know, the best. It is a good movie, but not, not as good oh, as this I one. I love that movie because he is the best. It's just brilliant. I love that. Have you I ever have. seen Nacho Libre, Michael? I have not. Okay, you are a defective, defective man. You had two days of hurricane time so off, and you've never seen Nacho Libre? It looks oh, it so is bad. brilliant. Oh my Go gosh. He is, he is a monk, and he is collecting the food for the poor. But he wants to be a wrestler because he's the best. Oh my right, gosh, it's, it's really on my list. But oh Jack no, no, Black that's a great is, movie. Is definitely a uh, a Christ culture and cinema guy. We we need to do that now. He was in the Mandalorian, by the way. He was in an I episode or two of the Mandalorian, which was I, a weird was... character, but it fit Jack Black. Yeah, but we we had him in Jumanji. 
Welcome to the jungle. Oh, absolutely. Next level. It was great. We had him in Anchorman. Yep. Yeah. Uh, did we actually ever do Demolition Man, or did we just reference it all the time? No, we reference it all the time. But we've never actually done it. No. Okay. I, I loved no. him in Enemy of the State. Well, I didn't love him. I loved the movie Enemy of the State. He played a straight role, so he was kind of boring in it. But Right. Well, the straight role he Thunder. played real... You know, the straight role he played real well was King Kong. Yeah, he was very he was good, good in, in the remake of King Kong. But but Tropic well, Thunder? Oh, Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder. That's one of our favorites. And, uh, Kung Fu Panda but, 1, 2, 3, and 4 is coming out. Can't argue with course. that. He is... Kung Fu Panda. He is, I mean, that's he is the panda. after his body. I mean, talk about body shaming. It was him. They they made Kung yeah. Fu Panda. We need a chubby guy. That's Jack Black. And um, a funny chubby guy. Our our crossover with the director with Richard uh, Linkletter is uh, Apollo Ten and a Half. Did you see that? Uh, he just directed yeah. that with Jack Black in it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, playing Rosalie Mullins, who's the administrator of the school, uh, played by Joan Cusack. Uh, I, you know, anytime I think of her, I immediately go to one movie working girl. I mean, that's the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Working girl. I mean, that's where young Joan Cusack. And then of course she's the voice of Jesse in the toy stories. You know, once they introduce Jesse, she's all over the place. No, no, no. 16 candles. Come on. Right from the start. She stole 16 candles. Sorry, Molly Ringwald. She was hilarious. Right, right at the beginning but um toys i'm not so months. sure on that one she, she and tom in it, arnold but... she and tom arnold stole nine months too their characters every scene they're in is funnier than the whole rest of the movie that's this i just heard of the arnold scenes i i would give you she, that let's face it she she was great early on her and her brother yep uh kind of cooled off yeah that's true now playing ned schneebly is mike white and you know we know him from um the white lotus but he's more of a writer and guess yeah. what movie he wrote i know i haven't watched it yet <laughs> nacho libre because he is the best <laughs> but but pitch perfect three another music yeah, movie. i wrote he wrote and he also three. also one i'm not sure he wants to take credit for because it is one of hollywood's biggest bombs he did write the emoji movie <laughs> it was not good did you see his one uncredited role Zombieland. No. Little Christ Culture and Cinema there. He was, he was Look at that. He, Maddie, do you love Zombieland? It's pretty good. I don't know if uh, I love it to you, but it's pretty good. Zombieland with the perfect bookend sequel, Zombieland Double Tap. I mean, as bookends, brilliantly written movies. Now, playing Theo, uh, Adam Pascal, and here's a guy who did get into music and uh, musicals in the uh, musical Rent in the uh, made-for-TV movie Rent, but also in a Christ, cultural, uh, Christ culture and cinema movie, one of our favorites, one of those niche movies I found, Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, which is a great movie. If you haven't seen that one or listened to our podcast on that one, I challenge you, go back. That's a really, really solid movie all the way around. Sad. Now, pl- Most uh, biopic yeah. are. Well, you know, you get to the end of that movie and you go, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. So right. now playing Neil is Lucas uh, uh, Papalis. And I love this. He was in Wu-Tang, an American saga. I, I did, If you're in something like that, you got me. And he's also in another little lesser known piece called Sex and Sushi. 
Did you catch that one? I haven't seen it, but uh, I like both. We can do that. I think we're going to put that in the queue. What do you think, Maddie? Put it in the queue? I won't be on that one, but I'll listen to it. But what happens if you watch it and you like it? Then you might want to be on it. Maybe when I get a next hurricane day off. Oh, that's true. Wow. Wow. That's a long way away. Now, uh, I'm just going to jump through some of the characters because most of the kids really didn't go on to do much. So I'm just going to hit a few that I know really uh, were involved in uh, other pieces. Now, one who is in the movie playing Patty is Sarah Silverman. And Sarah Silverman had her own show. She's a comedian. She's uh, really known for uh, Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Marry Me. Uh, And she was in a movie we did right here, Michael. She was in Don't Look Up. Don't which is a great Leo but, DiCaprio movie on Netflix. And Sarah, take a look at, the, take a listen to that podcast that we had a lot of fun with that right. one. Sarah, Sarah Silverman is a talented uh, comedian and has an awful character in this movie. You hate her every mm-hmm. minute she's on the screen. She is a nasty yeah. woman. The day that Ned walks away from her, we all cheer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause her, her characters, I mean, she does a good job with it, but for a comedian, she did not get a fun role. But I'll tell you, that's when you discover some of these comedians are are outstanding actors and actresses. I always go back to Adam Sandler in the movie, you know, that you could not stand, you know, Mm. uh, Uncut Gems. But he's brilliant in that movie. You know, when you're cheering for the for the character to, you know, die, get hurt, etc. As an audience, you've done a really good job. So I would agree. She's one of those that's better than she gets credit for. Uh, the one who plays Michelle, Jordan Claire Green, here's another one that's had some, you know, some career. Come Away, uh, uh, come away Home. She's been in uh, episodes of Alias, Wizards of Waverly Place. So she's had a little bit of a career. And jumping down, Miranda Cosgrove, who plays Summer, uh, she really latched into the right place. iCarly, Despicable Me. She's in all those Minion movies as well. The Goldbergs, The Wild Stallion. She's got a little but bit of a career. That that whole that whole thing where he calls them the groupies and she comes back in and says, I looked up what a groupie is. <laughs> That's such a great innocent part. It's a, it's a good part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and then I have to jump down to, for the uh, kid uh angelo massagalli who plays frankie and you know he started off uh on the cosby show in the cosby series uh he was in Stuart little two third watch but here it is he was on the sopranos he was a regular recurring character on the sopranos i did see that he played bobby that's a big deal i'm just saying that's a you get yourself on the sopranos it's a big deal, you know? Well, let's, uh, did you want to hit anyone else or you want to jump right into this movie? No, let's jump into the movie. You know, a lot of, a lot of the kids they got because they were talented. I mean, they put together musicians, yeah. uh, and that was it. A lot of them never did another thing, but, um, um, yeah, no, let's jump in. It's a great movie. Let's spend some yeah, time let, talking let, about it. You know, I'm going to kick it over to you today, Michael, because you definitely have more of a kinship with this movie. As you look at it, you know, kind of give us a little overview. What uh, what what is this yeah. movie about? So so again, we're talking about a guy who loves music, is a musician, has a band, loves the band, loves playing, loves performing, and um, is not very successful. 
and the ends up uh, being basically fired by the rest of the band uh, is, is in trouble. Can't pay the rent. Been been uh, basically hanging out with his, his friend who used to be in the band with him, Ned and his wife. It's not going well. And just happens to fall into a phone call where Ned is called to do um, Ned Schneebly is called in for a sub job at this upper echelon school, right? It's a private school, uh, uniforms, the whole, the whole bit. Right. And uh, pretends to be Ned and is bored to death. Doesn't want to be there and finds out a little something about the kids. Yeah. Well, you and know. call it what it is. Without realizing it, he becomes a fairly effective teacher because well, he, he's he able there. to unlock music in these kids' lives. I, I, I think we got to be careful, though. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't a good teacher. He had a passion for music. It was when he realized they could play music, he went from not caring who they were, what they were doing, what's going on, to put away everything else, soundproof the room, and every day is music from beginning to end, which um, obviously... Maddie is a teacher, you know, what would happen if you said, you know what, math and science and, and socialize are really good, but I really want to focus on your talents of just music all day. Well, I'm going to switch it around. Madeline, if you could ditch every subject, but teach your favorite one to your class, what would it be? Favorite subject? Um, I don't know. I feel like... I can't imagine getting rid of any other subject because then it would just be chaos. There's no structure. You can't, Mm -hmm. a kid, especially a second grader, only has an attention span for 20, maybe 30 minutes if you're really, really engaging them. So I can't imagine just teaching like one specific thing, even if I love it. If I, like today we did like an art project, we could have done art all day. It would have been chaos. So what if, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I have but, one. But that's talking about a second grade teacher. That's true. Yeah. I happen to have uh, a moment where uh, our pastor at the time said, you know what? I think you just want to talk about Jesus all the time. We should put you in a position where that's all you have to do. That worked out pretty good for me. I kind of end up doing I think that's what the position you put me in. You said, let's yeah. find a position where you just talk about Jesus. You don't have to do math or science anymore. That's yeah, move. that's true. That worked out well. Well, you, you weren't that good of a math teacher. No. <laughs> it wasn't that I wasn't good at it. I just didn't care as much. Right. And that's it. About Jesus, you know. Well, and that gets to the heart, you know, back to the story. So, yeah, he he goes off script. And what's really funny is this is definitely a prestigious, upscale, private school. But all of a sudden, he's not following lesson plans. He's not teaching mm-hmm. the broad spectrum of topics. He is zeroed in on turning this class into a rock and roll band, which is crazy. He's pulling their gifts, even the ones that aren't musical. He finds ways. The one kid does the costumes. The one's doing the the pyrotechnics. One's doing the choreography. I mean, he he turns it into a wonderful life lesson in a way of what do you have a passion for? What do you guys want to do? Finding something each kid could do. And in the end... Certainly, we see that. We see that from the kids. We see the excitement. We see the excitement from the parents. But uh, obviously, uh, when they find out he is not Ned Schneebly, when uh, they're not doing the stuff they're supposed to be doing, there's a little chaos. Oh, yeah. 
Well, because now all of a sudden, let's face it, and we, you know, Michael, you know this, I know this from, you know, both there in Jacksonville, here in Asheville, something, Madeline, that you don't have to worry about because you're a, you're teaching in the public school arena. Parents who choose private school, at the end of the day, they are your customers. Yeah. And you, you know, there's an old adage in business, the customer's always right, even when they're not right. And these, these parents were kind of right because their kids were not getting the education they were supposed to be getting, you know? So that, that's a, that's a, a twist in this movie where, you know, we see it a little differently because we are on that private school side of the ledger, but let's face it, Madeline, if you didn't teach the kids the things that they're supposed to be taught in the curriculum, how well would that go with you and your principal? Not well. Not well. <laughs> not go well. <laughs> and how about with the parents? Um, you know, if they're involved and they know what's going on, I would assume not well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, not everyone's always involved. Well, and I, I think you hit a key word there: assume. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of parents assume everything's going well. So mm-hmm. I, you are right in saying that. But but what Mandy said, I think. Another great thing, you know, I don't know if we give uh, Richard Linkletter uh, credit, the writer's credit or what, but one thing they pulled out of this movie that is so important is those relationships between the students and their parents Mm -hmm. about, you know, the young man that wants to play keyboard, the one that wants to play, you know, the things that their parents are like, no, no, you do this. They're wasting too much time in this. Quit doing this. You know, I I had that conversation again the other day where I was telling the kids, uh, it was about 10 years ago, I said, Interesting. Very interesting. Now, having said that, you know, I want to jump back in. I have something um, I was thinking about in the um, in light of this. And this, I think this makes a lot of sense. I was reading this the other day. Uh, it's from Paul's letter to the Romans. It's chapter 12. It says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches and is teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought of that verse as I was thinking about Dewey Finn as he's drawing things out of kids, out of the kids that are, you know, obviously it's it's a movie and we have to realize that. But, you know, realizing one is a great singer have them sing. One is a good drummer. Have them drum. One is a great guitarist. Have them play. One is a bassist. Play the bass, etc. And he he sees that. He recognizes the gifts of the people in this classroom, these kids in this classroom, and he puts them in a position to succeed. You know, they're all in this wonderful position to succeed in what they're doing. Um, so, you know, you we, we look at all the, you know, the craziness, the background of this movie. W- would that actually happen? Eh, probably not, you know. But Madeline, as you look at the kids in your classroom, you know, what do you see? Do you do, Are you able to discern already in second grade the gifts that some of these kids have? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, for some of them, it's 
pretty obvious early on, like if it's like an academic gift or maybe it's something with art or maybe their brain just thinks a different way and they can look at the world through a different lens. But I think um, even as young as um, kindergarten or even maybe even younger, but definitely in second grade, I see where the talents of my kids are and I kind of help kind of push that um, out of them and kind of make sure that they're utilizing those talents and building that confidence early on, because if you're not building their confidence, they're not going to succeed. You look at the movie and you look at like Tamika, like you were saying, like she's a really good singer, Mm. but she's self-conscious. She says like, I'm fat. And that like breaks my heart as um, a teacher. And, but he's like, so I'm fat. I'm a big guy. Like I get up there, I sing. And he really does a good job. I think um, kind of pushing those kids and like, building on that confidence. So that's something that I try to do with my kids in my classroom every day when I can. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really good point, Madeline. Um, because as the kids, you know, Jack Black is not only just identifying gifts, he's, he's putting them in positions to succeed, but also helping them build their confidence, uh, along the way so that they're not fearful uh, to get up on stage, you know, and they get up on the, on stage and they perform, they own the stage. They are exuding a measure of confidence. And, and that's what the teacher, you know, has done. This The teacher has really brought that out of the children in the classroom. And uh, I think that's a real critical part of this movie. Um, you know, when you, when you think about kids in your classroom, let me come back to this, Madeline. What is what are some of the keys you use to help draw that out of the kids? I think um, the biggest thing you can do is just like build a relationship with the kid, um, make them feel confident um, because they're not going to want to come out of their shell. They're not going to want to like show those talents if they don't have a relationship with you. Um, I think it's also really big to build a classroom community pretty early on. Um, I let my kids know every day, like we are all different because how boring would it be if we were all the same? We all looked the same. We all had the same talents. We get into a groove of cheering each other on and encouraging each other when we're meeting our goals and doing really good things. Sometimes kids can earn like a coupon to do like a show off a talent and that can be really scary. And we have a conversation about that. Like, hey, it's really scary to get up here and show off like a talent in front of everyone. Like make sure that we're like, being supportive and clapping and like telling them how great they did. I had a kid the other day who wanted to show off his wrestling moves. I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is really scary for me to watch. Um, But this little second grader went up and like rocked it. And like everyone was just so excited to cheer him on. And um, it's just really cool to see these kids like have these talents and come out of their shell and like be brave and be confident. So I think that's, that's key is just building that classroom community, building those relationships. So what you're telling me is you have a, a student in your classroom who has watched Nacho Libre. He's the best. <laughs> Maddie, Maddie, you didn't wrestle him, did you? No, 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 no. no. Okay, there no good. I was just checking. That's a quick way to get fired, himself. too. He showed us the moves. So. Nice. <laughs> that was because he's the best. But as you guys were talking about the gifts, that was before I got cut off by communication here. Uh, the reason I told kids quit listening parents is parents love their children so much they want them to get these great jobs that pay a lot secure jobs but if a child doesn't have a passion for it they're not gonna be very good at it they gotta find where their passion is yeah 
And I believe, you know, the teacher is a, a critical piece in unlock, uh, unlocking passion uh, and giftedness within stu- within students and children. Um, and, and you see that uh, all the time. Uh, you know, a child that has this, you can see the gifts are there, but it, they just because they're gifted doesn't mean they're going to utilize those gifts, succeed with those gifts. They need to be taught. They need to be educated. They need to be equipped. Athletes need to be trained. They need to work. I, I always say this. Tiger Woods did not come out of the womb the the golfer he is. No. There was work. a ton of work. And, and there's a wonderful book. I don't know if either of you have read it. It's called Outliers. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, Madeline, as a teacher, I recommend it. But the premise of the book is that greatness isn't born, it's formed. And he uses examples, and the magic number is 10,000 hours. So, for example, he uses the Beatles, and the Beatles performed in Germany, they estimate 10,000 hours. And that's what helped them create that unique sound. Tiger Woods put in over 10,000 hours of practice at the range and in you know junior golf to become the golfer he became. Bill Gates is another example in the book who logged over 10,000 hours on a key card computer at the University of Washington because the school he went to had access to it. So he practically lived there. And that's the point is it takes work. And in this movie, Jack Black does that. Now, I'm, it's probably not the right thing to just invest all your time in creating a rock and roll band for yourself, but that's how they become so good. They're playing and practicing all the time. And the teacher has that wonderful position to help unlock that potential and those gifts within those children. So that's just kind of my two cents. But if you haven't read the book, outliers it's a little dated now but i think the i think it holds up as a tool even for teachers to kind of read that and see it's not that long of a read very engaging kind of book so i think that leads us to our question of the day uh and as we're as we look at the school of rock uh which is really a fun movie i I think we can all agree it's a fun movie jack black is hilarious the kids are great. The story is is really engaging. You know, when when you look at yourself and, and you look at the people around you, you know, what are your where is your passions and your gifts? Where do they kind of lie? And what are you doing to cultivate that, to to grow that, to unleash that, to use that so that others are blessed by what you have. I go back to Paul's letter to the Romans. You know, if you're a teacher, teach. If you're a leader, lead. If you have the gift of generosity, give. How are you using what God's given you to bless others? I think that's a, a good question to kind of leave with today. Now, please consider leaving a rating, a review, and of course, share this little podcast with others as we uh, continue to do movies, and we have a lot of good movies uh, coming up. Don't forget the book, Christ, Culture, and Cinema, How Faith and Film Intersect. You can get that on Amazon. Uh, but now, Madeline, what movie do you think we should do next? I mean, what if you were if you were us, 
what movie might you be considering right now for our little podcast? And we'll see if you if you get where we're going or not. I don't want to have the wrong answer. Oh, you can have the wrong answer. It's okay. I think you should do Barbie. Ah, you see, Michael hasn't Whoa. seen Barbie yet, but Barbie is going to be in the queue. Love Barbie. I'm writing a journal article for a for a for a university on culture and cinema as uh, as this podcast is over. No, we're going to go in a very different direction. Oh boy! Uh, I subjected wow. Matt, Madeline. I subjected your mother to this movie one night, and she was horrified, but laughed while she was horrified. Michael, you you have a, a couple of days to watch it before we record it. But next time, we're going to go with Cocaine Bear. Oh, no. <laughs> Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>